Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Welcome back to With You Every Step. This week, I'm going to talk about something that was a bucket list item for me and I thought I need to do this. But to be honest with you, I didn't know how. And when I started looking into it and researching, I found it really confusing. So today I'm going to speak about getting to the Amazon jungle from Quito in Ecuador on a budget. It is expensive. When I was researching, I was so confused. I thought, wow, like the Galapagos Islands, I'm not going to be able to do this. This is way out of my budget. But as it turned out, it wasn't out of my budget. I could actually fit it in. The only thing that I wish I had done was actually stay longer. When I started looking into it, I was planning my trip with Helen and Heidi, which you might have heard on my other episodes. That was something we all wanted to do together. So for us to do it together, we had a certain time that we had to do it and we had a few days. We, in hindsight, should have made sure that we had a few extra days to do this. But again, that's something that you don't know until you've experienced it which is why I'm giving you tips so you can make sure that you don't make the same mistakes that I did. When I was researching from home, the thing that I noticed is that it was thousands of dollars for four days. Even just before I had a quick look and I found a tour, a well-known tour company, and it's anywhere between $1,500 and $2,000 if you get a single room supplement. And that is only for four days. And two of those days are travel days. There was no way that I would be able to afford that. So the ladies and I decided that we would just try and book it when we got to our hostel in Quito. And that's what we did. We arrived back from Galapagos Islands and we'd just been on this amazing trip. Oh, it was just beautiful. If you haven't gone to Galapagos, you need to. And listen to my Galapagos episode on a budget and you can do it too. It's not as expensive as it seems. The hostel that we stayed at was called Colonial House in Quito. It is really good. It makes you feel like you're at home, actually. The staff were beautiful. And as soon as we got there, we said the first thing we want to do is organize our trip to go to the Amazon jungle. So again, this is in Ecuador, not in Peru. A lot of people go to the Amazon from Peru. It wasn't going to work for us to go while we were in Peru. And so it only worked for us to go in Quito. And you can because the Amazon is long and it goes through many countries. So I would suggest that whatever country you're in and whatever suits you, find a way to get there from there. This episode is about how to get there from Quito. This is how we did it. The tour that I was explaining to you before that I looked up that was super expensive, that included flights. So I can understand why it's a little bit more expensive. We didn't fly. We chose to do a bus option. It wasn't amazing. When you're on a budget, this is what you do. The hostel gave us a book and it had all of the different lodges or jungle lodges that we could choose from. There was a few different ones with different prices and we asked them what they recommended was the best one. From their experience, they said that the Guacamaya Eco Lodge was the winner And so we said, okay, looks good to us. Now, like I just said to you, 
everything I had researched was around $1,500 to $2,000 for four days. This was two nights and three days, $270 US dollars for this whole adventure. If you actually book through the hotel itself, it's $250. So the hostel took $20 off us. All right. They organized it all. They even went and bought us our bus tickets because we needed to get the local bus down. Now, I'm going to go through the process. It is a bit of a process, so please bear with me. And if you're planning to do this, maybe take down some notes. But I also do have a blog on my website, michellelee.com, that explains it all on there. So you can go over to that and you can see it all on there as well. Like I said, the hostel made all the arrangements for us. They booked the lodge for us. They gave them all of our dietary requirements because if you've listened, you know that I have dietary requirements. Heidi did as well. They sent all that through for us. So that was all organized. They also got the bus tickets. The overnight bus was $12.50 US dollars. So again, if you're adding this all up, it's nowhere near $1,500. We also had to get a cab from the hostel to the bus station. I think this might have been not even $10 between the three of us. So it was basically nothing. So we get to the bus station and it was a bit confusing. Obviously, it's not in English and we didn't know where we were actually going going. We didn't know the name of the town that we needed to look for, for the bus. So we had our tickets and we were going up to people and everyone was just looking at us blank. We're like, which bus do you think this one is? And we got there a little bit early so we could see there was bus times and we thought that could be our bus time. But then we went out to the actual bus area and they scan your ticket first, but then they don't really tell you where to go. And you go down and there is literally like 14 buses. And so then you need to find where you're going. And we just, we didn't know. So we would go up and we'd show them our ticket. And finally, someone said, oh, 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 this one over here. So we went there and we said, is this the right one? And we showed him our ticket. He said, yep, get on. So we got onto the bus. This is a local bus. So it does stop along the way. It is an overnight bus. So we knew we might not get very much sleep. Again, if you listen to other episodes, you might know that I'm a big wuss bag and I get really sick motion sickness. Ugh, it's awful. So I knew that this would be a trigger for me. So I took some travel calm thinking that would work. The inside of the bus was all blackened out. So all the windows had curtains on them. And then the front of the bus had a big black curtain on it as well. So we actually couldn't see anything. And then it was all fogged up. And so we really couldn't see, which in hindsight was a great thing. The bus driver was flying. So our bus left, departed at 11.45 p.m. So like I said, it's an overnight bus. Very late. We were already sleepy and tired. We get on. They're not, the very, they're not very comfortable seats. The guy behind me decided that my seat was his backpack holder. And, you know, a backpack has straps. And the straps were where my head needs to go. I'm thinking I'm on this bus for five and a half hours. I got to get some kind of rest. Well, that didn't really happen. The bus driver was flying so fast. Heidi and I were literally being thrown around. And then Heidi had noticed that there was some seats free at the back. So she darted to the back to try and get a little bit of extra room because they're quite, quite cramped. And when you're getting thrown around like that, It's not pleasant being thrown onto someone. Well, of course, 
my one travel calm was not enough to stop me from getting motion sick. So I could feel it starting in my stomach, the feeling that just overcomes your whole body when you start to kind of get this tingling sensation of, uh oh, it's starting. So I popped another two. Now these bad boys make me tired. So I was starting to get drowsy, but getting thrown around was waking me up, which is quite annoying. So it's not the most pleasant of bus trips. We're on the bus for five and a half hours. It does stop along the way. People get off. By the time we got to the very end, there wasn't too many people left on the bus. So the bus driver comes in and goes, you, we at the end, off. Oh, that's for us. Okay, we get off now. So we get off and it's still dark. So now it's about 5.30 a.m. in the morning. We've had hardly any sleep. We're cranky. We're exhausted. Well, I'm cranky and I'm exhausted. The hostel had informed us that we needed to get, once we got there, they gave us all this amazing information. They're like, all right, this is what you need to do. You need to do. Okay, cool. We've got it. So we knew when we got there, we had to get a taxi and then we needed to get to Mario's Hotel. So the town we were in is Lago Agria, L-A-G-O-A-G-R-I-O. So then we needed to get to Mario's hotel. Okay, we can do this. So we did. We got there and we ring the doorbell. It is now 5.45 a.m. And a gentleman comes and says, we don't open till 6. Well, probably not in that very awful Australian accent that I just dropped for you. So he didn't open until 6 a.m. 15 minutes. Oh, did I mention it was pouring rain at this point? So we're standing out in the rain. Thanks, mate. We'll just stay out here in the rain. No umbrellas. It's all right. We'll get wet for 15 minutes. So he just stood inside and watched us. Finally, 6 a.m. By this time, another couple of other people had started to show up. And so they were there too. Okay, they might be in our tour group, maybe, maybe not. He lets us in and the only place we're allowed to sit was at like a restaurant table. All I wanted to do was to get some more naps in. No, it wasn't really going to happen. They weren't too impressed that we sit there because we weren't now meeting our guide until 9 a.m. So we had another three hours of waiting. So we just kind of put our heads on the table and tried to have a little bit of a nap. It didn't work for me because that's not how I fall asleep, even though I had like three travel gum at this point. Well, then they were kind of putting pressure on us to order food and breakfast and there wasn't really anything there that I could eat. So I didn't really have very much, but the girls had something to eat. It did look actually really delicious. At this point, I'm super cranky and tired and thinking, have I made the right decision? Do I even want to go to the Amazon? Why am I doing this? This has been a nightmare. I've been battling with motion sickness all night. I'm tired. I didn't really get any sleep. Is this going to be worth it? Our guide shows up about 8 a.m., so a little bit earlier than what we expected. And he just mentions that, oh, soon we're going to be leaving. Okay, great. So about 8.30 a.m., so another half an hour, was the time that we actually got on the bus. Now, this is another bus for another two-hour drive. So we're not where we need to be yet. Uh Uh-uh, we've still got to get further. Remember, we're going to the rainforest. This rainforest is dense. It doesn't have easy access. Of course it doesn't have easy access. I don't know what I was thinking. 
I guess I didn't realize that it was going to be this in depth. And this is why I found it so confusing online to try and figure out how to get there by myself. So I'm glad that I did it this way. And it might sound confusing to you, but it's actually once you're on the motion and it starts going, you're on a roller coaster and you just flow with it. So now we're in the hands of our guide and we're on another two hour bus. I asked him if he thought it was going to be bumpy at all. And he said, yes. Okay. I pop another motion sickness tablet. So again, now I'm four deep in, I am out. I pretty much slept the whole way. I don't really remember much of that trip. It went really quick for me because I was out. We end up arriving at this huge lodge. And now this lodge kind of seems like it's all open and I see the river. I'm like, oh, I think we're here. And we go in and we go to the bathroom and we come out and all our luggage is being taken. Now, we only took our day packs with us. So the things that we went hiking with. I didn't take my big luggage. We left that at the hostel. The hostel has free luggage storage, so you can keep it there. This was a great hostel. And so we only took what we needed for the couple of days that we were gone. So we just had our day packs and they put the day packs all onto a boat and then we were getting onto another boat. So we just had our small little packs with us and like kind of like your handbaggy stuff, your cameras and that kind of stuff. So now we've met with five other travelers that, that are going to be on our tour with us. Most of those people did have their full luggage. So they had their massive big backpacks that they'd been traveling with because they were then moving on after this experience to some other location. They didn't have a problem with that. Like I said, they just put that onto another boat and that boat left ahead of us. So then we end up getting onto another boat and now it's a two hour boat ride to our lodge. But this boat ride, was magic. You feel, I can't even put into words the feeling. The energy of the river is so powerful. It made all of the traveling that we did to get there disappear. I looked at Heidi and I remember saying, we are here. This is amazing. I could not believe it. I had been transported to another location. Nothing else mattered. I couldn't hear anything. The boat had a little engine, couldn't hear it. And it had all disappeared. The surroundings are mind blowing. You can see pictures and yes, you go, oh, that looks like the Amazon. Wow, looks like a jungle. I've probably seen a jungle here or there. No, it is on a whole nother level. So our guide, we had not really had any conversations with at this point. Soon as we got onto that boat, he was now into super tour guide mode. He's like, okay, over here, see this. Okay, over here, see this. This is what this is. This is what animal this is. This is what bird this is. Oh, what? We're on the Amazon River? Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Everyone on that boat felt the same way. You can see everyone smiling. Everyone looked content. I don't think I've ever been anywhere else with strangers and everybody had the same look on their face. Total bliss. Our guide was Jaro. I'm so bad with names and I'm so sorry if he listens to this. J-A-I-R-O. Hiero, Hiero. 
I actually didn't call him by his name because I get so embarrassed that I get it wrong. So I didn't call him by his name. And so I'm sorry if I got that wrong. But he's also the manager from the lodge. But he is amazing. Super guide. Unbelievable. So we get to the lodge and after these two hours of seeing monkeys already and seeing parrots and seeing all this amazing wildlife while we've just been on the river for two hours. The lodge is very basic. Now, this is not for your five-star resort traveler. This is a very basic experience. This is for budget travelers, but I would stay there again. I have no problem. Yes, the accommodation, I'll get into that a little bit, was not top-notch and they do need to give it a little bit of love, I think. Everything else makes up for it. When we were speeding along the river, I actually couldn't understand where we were going to stay. There was nothing around. It was so remote. And all of a sudden you start to see these little jetties and the little jetties then go along to the lodge. So we get off and we go up the jetty and we start walking along and then our, our luggage is all there. We pick up our luggage and they take us to our rooms. The rooms, we were in a bunk room for the three of us and there was two bunks. I also get a little bit claustrophobic, but not crazy claustrophobic. Like the biggest panic attack I've ever had is in the pyramids in Giza in Egypt because it's so confined. Otherwise, I'm not too bad. I can go into elevators. I can do that kind of stuff and I'm not, I don't have any panic attacks. But for some reason on the top bunk, which is what I normally choose because I do feel a bit confined on the smaller on the bottom bunk. So I pick the top bunk, go up there. The net is very close but also the side of the roof was so close to me that it did make me feel like I was starting to panic. So I mentioned it to our guide and he said, no worries, we're not that busy. Let's see what we can do. So they actually moved me to my own room away from the girls. I was actually above the girls, which I kind of missed my girls a little bit, but it was okay for me to be above them. We could hear each other through the floor. It's not like it's insulated. And if you think you're going to go to the jungle and you're going to Instagram your stories, not going to happen. There is no Wi-Fi. There is no electricity. It is solar powered where we stayed. I loved being off the grid. It was so nice. The only thing was that you need electricity to be able to, to power up some of your electronics and your phone. I use my phone a lot for the camera. During the day, they had certain times that they would have the power on and in the communal area, you were able to go in and charge it. They had all these points that everyone had their phones and cameras charging. Not a problem. 8.30 at night, they turn it all off, which means the whole place is pitch black, dark, no lights. So you need a torch. Now, a head torch would actually be really ideal in this situation because that means even in your room, you don't have lights. So if you need to go to the loo, you can't see. (laughs) And having a hand torch to go to the toilet is really not good for girls. I guess a guy can do it one-handed, but for girls, we need to sit down and do things. So it's not ideal. So a head torch is really ideal for this situation. (laughs) So once we got there and settled into our rooms, it was lunchtime and we went out and I was thinking, oh, am I going to have no food for the next couple of days? Having dietary requirements really sucks. 
And I don't like it. And I wish I didn't, but I do. And so we go there and he says straight away, who's the dietary requirements? I said, yep, me. He said, okay, great. So they bring out my food. I had no problems. The food was beautiful. We pretty much had nearly three course meals and the food was delicious. The desserts, ooh, if you're a dessert person like I am, I was happy. Bananas and chocolate. Mm-mm. So good. So after lunch, it's siesta time. So it's the time of the day that everyone chills out and rests because it's the hottest part of the day. So when we were there, it was in March and it was hot, it was humid, and that is the hottest part of the day. So you don't really want to be out and about. It's sweaty. You just literally are sweating. So after siesta, it was time to head out back onto the river. I was really excited. We were told to put our swimmers on. So your bathers, bikinis, whatever you call them, wherever you're from. I was thinking, are we going to swim in the Amazon? I've heard that people have done this, but I've also heard of parasites in the river. And that creeps me out. I don't want a parasite. I heard gross things. I'm sure you have too, where, you know, parasites swim up your your bits. And that is not what I wanted. But our guide said, no, that's just rubbish. It's not true. And I believe him because I know there is a lot of rubbish out there of people saying things that aren't true. I heard this from someone said this and someone said that. And then the whispers end up changing along the way and it's not actually how it is. So as we're heading to go to the section where we can swim, we see the amazing Amazon Pink River Dolphins. This was the thing that I wanted to see more than anything. I had researched and I knew that they actually don't go the whole length of the river. There's only certain sections I think that you can see them in. And I knew where we would be would be a hotspot. Doesn't mean you're going to see them because, of course, they're wild animals and they move and you don't know if you're going to see them or not. But we did and they don't look like normal dolphins. They look like they're kind of albinos and they look a bit odd, but they're so cool to see. The lodge that I stayed at, not knowing any research on them, I was a little worried. I had heard that there is some out there that don't respect the wildlife. And this is not one of those ones. This one respected the wildlife so much and it made me so happy. It was the perfect place for me to be. Soon as the dolphins breached the water, they stopped the boat, turned the engine off so they didn't disturb them. And we could see them and then sometimes they may, they might have come closer to the boat. Other times they moved further away. They All of the boats that were on the river, everyone stopped. No one wanted to hurt them. No one wanted to interfere. Everyone just watched what they were doing and then let them go. And then we might go a little bit closer, but not too close because we don't want to hurt them. It made me happy. And it was such an exciting moment to see them every time they breached that water. Oh, I didn't really get too many good images because they don't come up too high, but that sometimes you just need to put your camera down and just take it in with your eyes. And that's one of those moments. So we've just been told about (laughs) that hopefully later we'll see some piranhas, we'll see some caiman alligators. Oh, awesome. And then 
we get into the middle of the river. Now, this is a really huge part. Like you kind of think it looks like a lake. It's a massive section. You're no longer in kind of a narrow river section. You're in a wide, wide part. And our guide says, jump in. I looked and was like, oh, you just mentioned that there's piranhas. He's like, oh, no, you'll be right in this section. So I'm assuming they're not in the deeper areas where we were. They must be in the reed kind of places. I'm not sure. Everyone else just jumped in. I was petrified. I was the last to get in. And I was thinking, don't put your head under the water because again, I don't want anything going in my mouth. I want to be careful. I was, (laughs) I have, I don't know if I'll, I don't think I will really, uh, maybe. I have a video of me getting into the river. I might put it on Instagram, see how I feel. And I am not ladylike at all. No, I am not graceful at all when I go in. I try to be. I'm trying to slide in off the edge of the boat and be so ladylike so I don't put my head under and boof, I go straight under. There's no buoyancy. It's not salt water. So it is heavy and it's actually really hard to stay up. You have to work really hard to keep your head above the water. So I'm in, I go with the girls, we get a photo, we're all really excited and then I'm out. I'm like, I'm done. Now that was the hardest part of getting back in the boat. There is no little ladder. So you've got to try and pull yourself up and it's quite hard. And then the boat's rocking and oh, anyway, it was worth it. I've now swam in the Amazon River which is a really cool thing to do. And I recommend it. I didn't get a parasite. I even dipped my head right under and I was fine. We mentioned if we needed a towel and our guide had said to us, no, 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 you're all good. And he's right. Because it was so humid, we dried so quick that we didn't even need a towel. So we're still on the boat all in the same afternoon. It's starting to get dark. So we've jumped back on the boat. Everyone's kind of dried and we're cruising around the river. We're seeing some really cool stuff and the sunset over the river. Oh, it's one of my favorite sunsets that I've seen is falling behind the Amazon River. You need to see it. It's different than a beach sunset. I love beach sunsets, but this was special. The sky the different colours all going through the sky, coming through the trees of the jungle, onto the river. It was truly magnificent. So now the sun has set and it's dark and we were told to bring torches. Our guide starts pulling up next to this jetty, another lodge's jetty. So this is where you get off to walk into the lodge. He starts making this really loud frog noise. And I, what, what is that? And then They said, no, no, it's him. Shh. Oh, okay. And he starts making this noise even louder and louder. And then all of a sudden, a massive caiman alligator came right up next to the boat. It was under the lodge. He had noticed the eyes. He is amazing at spotting these things. I couldn't even see it. Even when they were pointing it out, like, can't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Till it came right up next to the boat. I have some cool photos. I will put them in Instagram, but they are also on my blog. This guy was literally not even a foot away from me. I'm on the edge of the boat and he's right on the other side. He just swam up 
and back. I don't even know if he could really see us, but it was exhilarating. Oh, I couldn't believe I was so close to such a wild beast. Oh, it was so cool. So then we get back to the lodge and now it's dinner time. So we have dinner and then we all head off to bed. The next morning, we went on a walking tour through the rainforest. So you pull up to an area, you get off and you start wandering through the jungle. Make sure you got long pants on. You can't wear really shorts because you will, it's just not ideal. This was a really cool part of the experience because now you're up close and you're walking. You don't know what you're going to find. And there are all different types of wildlife everywhere, different types of ants, insects, monkeys, everything is right near you. Our guide, like I said to you many times, he was amazing. So he ended up pointing out everything. I've got some really amazing shots of one of the most poisonous little frogs. You can't tell how small this frog was in the photo because the camera took a really good photo, but he's literally kind of the size of like your thumbnail. He's tiny. He's really little. He's not big at all. And he's really poisonous, but it was so cool to be able to see. So before you go on this trip, they actually supply gumboots for everybody and you need them. So don't think, uh, no, I'll be okay. Cause they won't let you, you need to wear the gumboots and there's a reason for it. You walk through mud. Now there was one section, oh, it makes my heart race just thinking about it. I think I've watched too many movies where there's quicksand and people get sucked into the mud. And that's what I thought was going to happen to me. There is literally one part where you're meant to walk over a fallen tree. So it is, <laughs> it's literally like you are on a plank and you're walking across. I have awful balance. I don't know why. I think it's all the ankle injuries from basketball. I don't have strong muscles on my feet and all the surgeries I've had on my feet. So my balance is awful. Everyone else was doing real good. I was petrified. I was so scared. My heart was racing. I was having anxiety. I'm thinking I'm going to be the one that falls face first into the mud. It was so much. And he was like, don't, because it's too deep. Like you can't walk through here. You've got to walk over the tree. So I walk over and of course there was one part I fell off, get back on, fall off again, get back on. I never fell fully off, which was okay. So I got to the end and then the guide realized how much I was struggling and how stressed I was. So then he held my hand and he got me through. Now the mud came to the top of the gumboots. That's how deep it is that you're walking through. It's scary, but cool at the same time. And I love it now that I was like, yeah, I walked through really deep mud and it was really cool. And I thought I was going to get sucked in like in a movie, but it didn't happen. So that was three hours that we did that walking tour for. So it's not hard walking. It's slow paced, just stopping. You're looking at things. He was teaching us about the way they used to survive in the Amazon and the things they would use to be able to keep them alive. So the things they would eat, what certain plants were for, certain injuries and how they would be able to help somebody. If you had a rash, this is what you would use. If you had some kind of medical issue, then maybe you would take this plant. I found it really interesting. 
Now, the pink dolphins was the main thing I really wanted to see, but the next thing I wanted to see was a big anaconda. Yeah, I'm not going to sing for you, but I really want to, but I won't. So the anaconda was the next thing I really wanted to see, and we didn't get to. I was so shattered. Our guide was trying so hard to find one, and they just didn't want to come and say hello to us. So I didn't get to see an anaconda, which means I probably have to go back at some point. But we did get to see a piranha. I wasn't sure if I really wanted to see a piranha and I didn't want them to catch it and kill it. And I was really stressed about this because I don't like that at all. I didn't want them to kill anything in my presence. I don't like fishing. I don't eat seafood. So to be in a place like this and see them pull a piranha out and then kill it, I wouldn't have coped. But they didn't because they're amazing. So what they did was they actually did catch it. They brought it out so we could see it. They showed us. Oh, this was really cool. They actually put a branch from a tree near its mouth and it chopped it like it was shears that you would chop a tree down with. Bump, 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 bump. It was so amazing to see. It was... (laughs) eye-opening to see what it could do to your finger or your face. And I didn't want it anywhere close to me. And our guide passed it over my head to somebody and they touched it. I'm like, what are you doing? That could have totally fallen on my face, but it didn't. So that's lucky. They then put them back in the water and said, off you go. And they swam off and they were fine. So there was no harm to any of the piranhas, which was good. And I'm happy about that. As a kid, I didn't think piranhas were real because I saw that movie. I can't remember what it was called. You're probably, do you know that movie that I'm talking about? It's the one where piranhas eat everybody. Oh, anyway, I never thought that they were actually real because of that movie, but then they are. And I've seen them now and I can say I have. We went back after our walk and again, we had some lunch and then we had our siesta and had a rest. And then we did a night jungle walk. This is different than the day one. You're in the dark. And so again, torches are a must. A headlamp is ideal. You can't really see anything because it's so dark. There was one time where we just all stood in a circle and he asked us to all turn our lights off. And we did. And just closing our eyes and listening to the sound of the jungle It was such a wonderful feeling. It was one of those moments in my life where I was just completely happy. Nothing else mattered. Don't need internet. Don't need anyone to talk to. You just need to be silent and listen. We then turned our lights back on and he pointed out tarantulas. Oh, they're so big and they're so hairy. (laughs) and they're so cool at the same time. They're actually everywhere. They were in the roof as well at the lodge. So you could see them. They're not hidden. They make themselves known. You can see them, and but they don't hurt anyone. They all have their little homes and they go back home. And we saw a whole bunch of other kind of insects and bugs and all the good things that come out at night that you only see at night. The next morning, we were up at 6 a.m. to bird watch. They have a big tower at the lodge and they said we'll be able to see some really cool birds. So I got up, we got ready and our guide said to us, it's foggy. 
we can't see any birds. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump on the boat and we're going to go check out some more wildlife on the river. Awesome. This is where we saw a sloth. We saw a sloth in the wild. I couldn't really get a good photo of it. It was a little bit far away. But again, it was also one of those moments where you just want to watch it and take it in. Not everything is a photographic moment. Not everything is an Instagram story. So it was so nice to just watch and see it for my own eyes. So we only really had one full day in the jungle because now at 9.30 a.m. it's time to start heading back to Quito. Like I said to you at the start, we didn't have much time. Now I wish I had taken at least a five or seven day experience because you need it. We didn't want to leave. We were so happy that we just didn't want to go. We're like, this feels like home. This is so good. But we had to leave. Now our guide had said to us before that, that there is a private bus that can take us back to Quito instead of getting the public bus. So I said to you earlier, the public bus was $12.50 US per person. Now, this bus was $20 US per person for the private bus, which means it doesn't stop along the way. We decided to take that bus. So at 9.30 a.m., we left the lodge. So remember, it's a two-hour river ride back. And then it was a bus trip back to Quito from there. We didn't get back to Quito until 9.30 at night. So this bus actually took a lot longer than going down. Now that's because this driver drove carefully. He was very careful with how he drove and we could see out. And I'm so glad that I could not see out on the public bus on the way down. Oh, not ideal at all. What we were witnessing, I would have probably been really sick because these are tight corners and they are blind bends. So there is no way he could see what's around the corner. And the way our bus driver was flying was so dangerous when we could see the road that we had taken on the way back. I'm glad I didn't know that on the way down. And I'm so sorry that I've told you this, that if you take that bus, just be aware. Like I said, there are flights. You can fly to the Lagro Aria. I'm so bad. I'm so sorry. But you can fly there. I don't think it's very cheap. It's up to you. I think you can also maybe check if this private bus that we took down also comes back because I'm assuming it must. So I think that's worth checking into. Ask the hostel, depending on how many days you have, if they know if there is a private bus at all, because I would recommend doing that. It's a few dollars extra, but I felt so much safer on the way back than I did on the way down. The only negative that I really have is the actual room itself. The room that I ended up being moved to The roof actually is a massive roof that is huge, covers maybe three or four rooms. So there's not an individual roof on each room. I don't know if that makes sense. I hope it does. So you can actually jump up and look over into the other room. The bunk bed is actually higher than the wall to the bathroom. So at this time that we were there, it was quite quiet. There wasn't many people there. If there was someone else in this bed, I wouldn't have coped because they could see you from their bed on the toilet. That's my biggest issue with this place. I don't like that. If they had higher walls in the bathroom, 
then there wouldn't be a problem. People can't sit on the bunk and watch you pooping. No, thank you. Don't watch me poop. That's my private time. But also, that means all the noises that happens in the poopy poopy, everyone can hear them. Not ideal. Not what I like. I like to be quiet. I'm a lady. I don't want you to hear anything. That's the only, that's the biggest problem that I had with this place. There were other rooms. The other people that stayed there didn't have these rooms. They had more cabin style rooms. I wish that we had those rooms and I would tell you that it was beautiful. They said their rooms were great. I didn't have that experience. That's my only downfall. I wish I had that other room. So if you go there, ask for that room. Say, I want the room that doesn't have the roof that you can see me pooping. I don't want that one. I want the one that has a proper roof so you can't see me poop. Thank you very much. A total recommendation by me though, I would say go to this lodge. They were respectful to the animals and the wildlife. They care about the environment. They care about the people. I felt so safe there. I would recommend it. Again, if you are a high budget traveler, maybe not for you. There are other lodges that you can look into. If you're staying in a hotel in Quito, they might be able to recommend a more suitable accommodation to your expectations. On a budget, this is the way to do it. We loved it. I would go back. I would do it again. Highly recommend it. Go to the Amazon. If you are going anywhere in South America, you must add it to your list. It's so magnificent. The energy levels in that location, I can't explain to you. You need to feel it for yourself. I hope you do. If you do, let me know. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it gives you some tips on how to get to the Amazon from Keto on a budget. Thank you for listening. Please feel free to email me. I love hearing from all my listeners, things that you'd like to know more about, any questions you have, any questions for my guests, please send them through. Till next time, happy travels. Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't, nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.